America, my name is Amiel Say Frimpong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. I'm going to come here a little bit early, then I'm going to run, do my run before my kids get back. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about Nick Fuentes. And I say, and you're saying, I mean, I mean, what does Nick Fuentes, who is that guy? And what does he have to do with politics and black politics and justice in America in general? Well, Nick Fuentes is a kid. He's a kid. He's like 24, 25, but he's sharp, right? So I first heard about him a few years ago when he was just a regular loudmouth <laughs> and he said some provocative things he's and i just I, I lumped him in with all of the other kind of right white supremacist type guys uh vaguely conservative but mostly um you know white nationalists the richard spencers and the charlie kirks and to an extent ben shapiro and and all of these other kind of guys who are in that space and i didn't really think that much of them because those guys are pretty useless in general for and i'm not particularly threatening but then i saw an interview and but then nick is um is now being pilloried by those guys nobody likes nick fuentes he's like he's been pushed out so I just kind of thought he wasn't really seriously because I didn't really take him seriously, but he was pushed out. But then I heard one of my undergrads about two years ago mention that until he took my class, you know, he was listening to a lot, a lot of Nick Fuentes and things made made sense for him. And he took my class and realized that like, ah, there are other things, ways to look at the argument. And I'm like, why Nick Fuentes as well, opposed to all these guys? I've kind of had that in my mind. But then I ran into an interview with Nick Fuentes. And the interview dropped last night. I'm going to put it in the description. You could watch, and I think you actually should um, watch the whole thing because one, the person interviewing her, him is ignorant. Not dumb because she's smart enough, but she's ignorant. She just doesn't know enough. She doesn't know, she, but she's actually representative of, uh, you know, kind of a white class in America who's very smart, got a lot of money, but doesn't know a lot of things about things. So, but... And Nick is very patient with her in explaining his position. So it's actually a very good explainer about Nick Fuentes. And then kind of in her, you see like America and you kind of see the, the, the attractiveness of Fuentes. But what was interesting to me about the interview is that I think this kid's a right Hegelian. Now, a right Hegelian, I'm a left Hegelian. But a right Hegelian is a, a certain sort of critic of liberalism that finds kind of the hollowness of liberalism and then kind of infuses and, and addresses that hollowness with kind of thinking through why certain institutions are important and like you can't just you shouldn't just be able to choose your way out of nations and choose your way out of um marriages just because you wake up and you wake up one day and you feel like you should be able to get divorced liberals will say like well you just gotta follow your truth and you know the anti-liberals don't really have an argument against that and except for fuentes actually has an argument against that i actually have an argument against that too because i think there's a peculiar kind of freedom that comes along in marriage and only comes in marriage and you need the rules of marriage antecedent uh, you can't just renegotiate an exit strategy within marriage or you screw up that kind of freedom not only for you but everybody else who participates in marriage right so um it's pretty much a pledge just to work it out and then you work it out <laughs> like, so pick someone you could work it out with and don't marry for money or anything else pick someone mar pick uh marry for someone you can work it out with right so that's kind of the left hegelian um approach the right Hege uh, hegelian is also work it out but accept these traditional gender roles because it'll really make you happy um because according to hegel like there's some there's some unfortunate aspects of hegel about like how he conceives of gender
that can be worked out with a better, with a, with a more rational sensibility if we assume that women can't, are just as rational as men, which I do. Um, but, you know, with rationality comes with responsibility. If you want to get out of responsibility, you can always just play dumb, which a lot of people do. But what is, so I'm going to go point by point on how Nick Fuentes addressed his kind of criticisms about whether he's a white supremacist and what that means and how he is uh, and whether he's anti-Semitic and what that means and all of this stuff. Because he answers the questions in ways that are not obviously, they're better than um, the liberal alternative, but they're not as good as they could be. But these are better answers than the alternative. So I'm going to go after, go through the criticisms of Nick Fuentes give a better answer than Nick Fuentes gives for himself, tell you why you should listen to me instead of Nick Fuentes, and uh, say why Nick Fuentes is going to still be better than the liberal alternative to um, these issues. After the break. Let me hit the beat. Well, I can just go into it now because my computer is not. Um... To the beach, yo. For the world or the government If it was the president Then I would state facts You leave it up to me I paint the White House Black and it can feature in front And I am back So the first question I'm going to go into Concerning Nick Fuentes And like I said After this video You should watch the whole interview With Fuentes It's actually It's, it's longish But um, I think you just do it while you're cleaning up the place or doing dishes or whatever, and uh, because it's actually it's it's actually it's worthwhile because he's not dumb and he's actually interesting and he's really patient with the interview and kind of works out where he's coming from. So the first, the interview asks him, asks him, is he a white supremacist? And Fuentes says, well, you know, people are culturally different. Some version of this, these are going to be paraphrased answers. People are culturally different, and some of those differences may have biological origins. I'm Italian. I'm hardly ever on time. It's not an accident that you're a very punctual German and you're industrious, right? And so there's a kind of cultural racism, but also he thinks it might have biological origins. And how do we know that just because you, uh, you, know, you have these Germanic features, it just stops with your hair color and height. It might go to other features, right? So that's kind of a casual, it's and the United States is culturally different. You can't just replace Americans with everybody else and, accept, and expect yourself to have the country. And he thinks America is a white country and it was made by white people. And in terms of like its greatness, and we just shouldn't just be allowing non-white people in here in huge numbers. They should have to prove themselves to not screw up the traditions of America because we don't really know how to, we don't know really, we don't really know how and why it works. We know that it works. So we can't just quickly replace all of the people with other people and expect it to work the same way. So it's kind of a Burkean argument, but um, it, what, he got to, what he gets right is the awareness that conventions matter conventions matter and you can't just replace everyone 
and expect the same sort of rules to apply or in the same sort of cultural like meaning to apply, right? Conventions matter. And I, I do think that in the immigration process, there should be a more robust emphasis on acculturation. Now, I think they should be acculturated into Americans' like racist history and how we are currently an internal col uh, a colony that needs to figure out how to do right by its black people and that we've had still an outstanding problem that the nation has yet to deal with. That should be part of the cultural inf uh, inculcation of recent immigrants. And if you don't come in with that cultural inculcation, you what will happen is you'll look at the standing degradation of black people and then blame black people. Um, for their uh, and, and think that they're either genetic or culturally inferior, as opposed to you're watching the legacy and repercussions of, you know, state-sponsored targeting in a host of ways, right? But liberals will say, well, we're all the same, so you can just swap out people and there's not that big of a deal. He's saying, like, actually, no, the fact that I am, you know, Catholic and both Mexican, um, uh, Italian, and Irish, all of those Catholics, and white actually makes me uh, is an important part of who I am. That, that's an important part of why I went to Catholic school, and I can't just swap that out. And you know, race purity matters insofar as meaning comes from culture, and cultures are particular, right? And so, um, Fuentes is also against uh, race mixing or interracial marriage. Uh, because he thinks that's just confusing for the kids and confusing traditions, and it just leads for a less meaningful life. Now, I'm one of those people who, well, not only am I happily miscegenated, I believe that what's most important about the American identity is the substantive identity that's come with the particular nation, but it's our commitment to democratic institutions and reasoning through democratic institutions and deliberation. So that's the culture that I want to pass on to my kids. Like the most, one of the most, um, one of the best Americans that America created was Martin Luther King, and that, and it was his spiritual and rational commitment to making America more of what it could be. And he, it's not an accident that he was black. And I think that America will be improved along the quality of insights of Native Black people, right? Like because we're not as invested in the bad parts of colonial settler colonialism and the status quo. Instead, we're invested in American identity. When, like I'm, my last name's Jose Frimpong, my dad's from Ghana, but I was born in California. I'm American as you come. And we're invested in the idea of what America could be in a way that other people who profit from the way America happens to be, even its bad parts, won't fight against. But I think black people can save the nation for itself. And black people have save the nation for itself. All these people, look, a lot of immigrants need to thank the civil rights movement. A lot of women need to thank the civil rights movement. And, and it was on the backs of black people that a lot of other people are more American and America is a better place. So, um, whereas other people might have their identity in some other parochial um, ethnicity. I think black people should have their identity. Black Americans should have their identity in being black American. This is why I'm not a big pan-Africanist. I'm a, like, I support ADOS. I think America does well, owes its black Americans. And pan, there's a place for pan-Africanism, but not in the center of the dialogue. Um, so, yes. And this goes to the person asked Nick Fuentes, why are you a, uh, I, I hear you're anti-Semitic. You don't like the Jews. 
And Fuentes says, well, I don't, I first got into the anti-Semitism when I was working in politics and I saw that I couldn't ask questions like, why do we, why do we give so much money to Israel? Like, why is that number one in our list? Why do we give so much money to Israel? And also, why do we give so much money to Egypt? And we give money to Egypt, and we gave money to Egypt, we give money to Egypt so that they won't attack Israel. <laughs> and we give money to Israel because, and his answer was that, you know, the Jews are very rich and tribal people. They aren't really American, they're Jewish. And so if you don't watch out, they will push American priorities towards what's good for Jews uh, worldwide and use power in America to support Jewish concerns as opposed to American concerns. And if you actually care about Americans, that should, that should be a problem. And it should be something we can talk about, right? Um, they will, they are not. <laughs> Someone remarked, well, um, the, you can't be anti-miscegenation and like Drake. And uh, I think Fuentes said, well, you know, Drake's Jewish. And um, so are you sure he's black? <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was just funny. But the, it's an old criticism that the national loyalty of Jews is always kind of up for grabs. And if they team up to skew uh, the nation's priorities for another nation, that might not be appropriate for the nation, which would be fine. I think, I think it's something we should talk about. I think we should talk about Israel being propped up by the United States. I think we should talk about, like, I don't like propping up too many other foreign governments. I don't like the fact that we're propping up Ukraine right now. Ukraine's not a nation. They can't build anything. They don't, don't even have an economy because they're in like a war zone. They can't build any factories. They're not a nation. They're a nation propped up by the U.S. And, uh, you know, I have a problem with that. But at least I can talk about that kind of. Um, but I can't even talk about Israel being a nation that's propped up by the U.S. That, you know, maybe uh, should be a lot more humble than it is. So the, the knock against Fuentes' knock against the Jews is that he thinks that they aren't sufficiently committed to the national project in America as a tribal identity, as a rich and robust and impressive tribal identity, as opposed to like, you know, Catholics, right? And he's a Catholic. I don't think he has a problem with Catholic nationalism as a, like in terms of you can be both Catholic and fully American, but he, I, I don't think he thinks that you can be both Jewish and fully American and committed to the American national project. And that might be a cultural tick. It's, um, but that's his opinion. The right, the, I think the correct, the correct response would be, we need to talk about what it means to be an American and what it means to have an American first um, and not be a globalist insofar as there are certain freedoms that can only come with a unified nation and in a unified nation. And you could be any religion within the unified nation unless that religion actually distorts the unity of the nation. So if there's teaming up, that then we should think about it as a form of nepotism or a form of uh, inappropriate um, private regard for the discharge of public duties. And that kind of teaming up shouldn't that kind of teaming up shouldn't constrict the discourse. Um, and so, you know, people feel like they're being teamed up by, on by the Jews. That would be a problem. 
if unless they're being teamed up on by the Jews. And if, if you've ever been teamed up on by the feminists or by the Jews, you know that at least we need to be able to talk about having been teamed up on. Um, and any nation that we can't talk about the prospect of having been teamed up on or how uh, tribal unities might cause problems is a, is, a, is a problematic nation, right? So we need to be able to talk about it. All right, and you know, uh, so Fuentes is also, you know, pro mother staying home and against uh, public schools and daycare facilities to which he said, like, you know, people should be caring for the children who don't have an agenda that might be against the children. And if you give them over to, if you give your old people and your children over to, you know, low paid, either immigrants or black people, they might um, exercise a racial animus or resentment against your children or your old people. And, you know, there's a quick, there's a quick rebuttal against that to say that that's just racist. To which, you know, honestly, if I'm in a room full of white kids, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, you know, I, I have an agenda, but my agenda is actually consistent with America's agenda. <laughs> so my quality of care is going to be towards, you know, a more perfect nation. And, 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 but for that to happen, it has to kind of come through intellectual engagement with them. Can't be just me like forcing things onto them. Um, it's got to come with them like wrestling with hard ideas. So yeah, I have an agenda towards justice. And if you want, and that might be against what you're, what you learned at home. It's funny because a lot of people say like, oh, I go to college. I went to college. I didn't really learn how to do anything. It was all just a waste. I just went there for a degree. Nobody's ever said that coming out of my class. You come out of my class, you come out with content. But then people like Fuentes will say like, well, you can't teach your class because you, <laughs> you have too much content. Um, so, you know, them is the breaks. Them is the breaks. Anyway, I think that um, his answer is like actually right. But I also think that all of these white women teaching black kids exercise their racial animus and their racial resentment against these black kids, especially black boys, right? Which is why I'm not a huge fan of having like an unreconstructed white teaching, you know, my black sons and daughters. I, I'm one of these guys. Yeah. So like, you say, like, but your wife is white. I was like, yeah, but she's reconstructed. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't, I, so there's a sense in which like, that's his argument. It's both racist. And look, if you, if you want a colonial identity, with racial commitments that'll include black um, subordination, then yeah, I'm a threat to that as a teacher <laughs> because I'm going, and that's, and that's like part of your family value and your family tradition, like the, the feeling good about the colonial heritage and feeling good about papa's and, and, and Mima's racism, that I am a threat to that, right? So insofar as he treats me as a threat to that, he's like, yeah, that's, 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 it. that's actually right. That's, 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 a, that's appropriate. But, you know, I don't think a robust democracy can take all traditions if your tradition is rooted in my subordination. And I teach for robust democracies. So there's that. Um, people say, well, Nick Fuentes, you're pro-Hitler and pro-Stalin. And, you know, Fuentes says, 
Stalin was Time's Man of the Year for a reason. He like rebuilt and re-energized Germany. And I mean, uh, yeah, Hitler was Man Time's Man of the Year for a reason. He rebuilt and he was Man of the Year in 1938. He rebuilt and revitalized Germany um, into an industrial power, and it wasn't. It was coming to be an industrial power before World War One, and then it was completely demoralized and destroyed during World War One. And he rebuilt it, which is like not the easiest thing to do. And he was trying to do that in in the you know face of kind of like harsh and the harsh reality and he wasn't any more racist than jim crow south at the time and so jesse owens wasn't treated worse there than at the olympics there than he was in the you know south carolina so he was a man of his time trying to do a hard thing and i respect the hard things he did this is what nick fuentes would say and say the same thing about Stalin. Like Stalin, like Russia was a backward, broken country, and um, you know, Stalin built Russia, <laughs> which wasn't the easiest thing to do, and, and, and used brutal means to do. And you can kind of say the same thing about Mao. Like with Mao, you know, a good percentage of the population was on drugs, so he kicked out. <laughs> he, he got the like, he got all the heroin addicts out. So. And you can say the same thing about Castro. And a lot of people in Miami do say the same thing a lot about, about Castro. But, you know, he wanted a more egalitarian society. And at the time, prior to Castro, like black people were treated like trash in the fields. And after Castro, it was better. So, you know, the things people have to do to bring their nations up are not always pretty. Right? This, is, this is kind of the Nick Fuentes argument. Um, for pro-Hitler and pro-Stalin. And um, I say it's complicated. I say it's, much, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And, and you know, and if, he's, and if Hitler was anti-Semitic, but if he sees the fact that, like, what's killing the, Ger the, the German nation are people who want to destroy families and uh, through, like, the academics, and, and all of these Jews are academics, then that's where his anti-Semitism is, is going to find kind of fertile ground. And like uh, he took it in a wrong way. But look, the 1930s was bad for black people everywhere. It was bad for out groups everywhere. We weren't, we weren't, there is, there is not really a model. There's not really a model for how we treat out groups in the industrial world. Um, so so yeah, and I'm one of those guys who I don't think Hitler was that, was any worse than Andrew Jackson. I don't, I don't, I don't think Stalin's any worse than Andrew Jackson. These are both like awful people who are trying to build a nation, and we don't, we have whole traditions named after Andrew Jackson, who was like a horrible human, and I don't think he was any like, I don't think he was any worse than Hitler. So. We need to be honest about the kind of force that's required to kind of purge a broken society. And you can say like, well, Hitler burned books. And what about that? He's like, well, he was burning the equivalent of pornography and filth. This is what Fuentes would say. I would say that it's a little bit more complicated, but Fuentes would say like he was burning the equivalent of pornography and filth. Um, so, so then uh, the host would ask Fuentes, are you against democracy? And Fuentes says, yeah, I'm a little bit against democracy. It's too easily captured by special interests, which 
isn't really wrong, right? Like, is it easy? Was it easier to get rid of Gaddafi or Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein? We had to wait for Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein to retire. We couldn't get rid of them. They wouldn't submit themselves to debate. We had, like, we don't have a real democratic infrastructure. We have ballots. And um, I'm not, and so if you're against, if so, and he wants a kingship because democracies, you want a king who's from an elite background who's been groomed to unify the nation into like, um, and, and keep the special interests under heel, right? To, to be able to discipline special interests. He wants a unification, he wants a king. Um, a king that will protect families, a king that will protect property rights, a king that will protect even social and civil rights against special interests. Right now, we're just kind of like, it's an oligarchy, right? And so was it easier to get rid of Saddam or was it easier to get rid of, it would have been easier to get rid of Nancy Pelosi? I don't know. Nancy Pelosi left on her terms. There was no voting her out, right? So this illusion that we have a democracy now is a problem, right? And, and he just wants a kingship. And he wants a kingship so that special interests aren't just uh, economic, special interests are all cultural. He wants a kingship because a king will make it the case that you don't have to worry about sending your kid to school and having your son become your daughter or your daughter become your son or that your kids will get liberalized into not wanting kids <laughs> so you don't have grandkids, um, all of which are kind of fears of that people have of careless liberals and liberals are careless with respect to many things. Um, and so he, and you know, the special interests, special interests, people will always secure good things for themselves and just leave everyone else for the market or <laughs> to, to kind of a global exploitation. So he wants a kingship because Kings won't be captured, will be groomed hereditarily not to be captured by special interest. Right. And I, I, my, as a left Hegelian who's actually worked this out, you don't need kingship to get rid of special interests. You need to get rid of the hollowed out democratic institutions. You need to force the Nancy Pelosi's to have to debate their challengers. You need to subsidize people to be able to run for office. You need to, you need to actually have the institutions of democracy working and fill them out. You need working presses, local and national presses. Um, right. So you need to actually think through and work through the institutions of democracy rather than thinking that democracy begins and ends at the ballot box. And if we're voting, we're free. That's garbage. Um, so that's uh, Fuentes as asks, are you an incel? And Fuentes, and Fuentes says, well, it's a weird term because there's a way in which incels and, <laughs> and simps kind of both allow, and top Gs like Andrew Tate are kind of all kind of different sides of the same coin. Incels and, 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 and top Gs are all kind of, because they're letting the drive for female attention dictate their behavior. And as long as you let the drive for female attention dictate your behavior, it's already like you've been distracted from your purpose. And this is when I thought, that actually, he's got a kind of an autonomy of thought, a real autonomy. He's not just kind of going along um, with it. And, he, and he's like, look, eventually I'll get married and all that. I don't have any time getting girls. It's just I just don't need the distraction. And I think it's kind of a weakness to, to allow that to distract you, which I don't know, isn't the worst answer. 
isn't the worst answer. So, um, you know, he's 24 years old. He's, he's, yeah, so I, 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 I don't think that's, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the worst answer because whether you, you know, will do anything to get a girl. So like, you'll become like a feminist. Although once you see kind of how ridiculous it is, like you, you'll go along now, like dubious liberalism is in general, you'll go along with it. Or you become like an Andrew Tate top G and you do all of that to get girls. You're still letting the pursuit of women and the attractiveness of women dictate your life, which is kind of absurd. Wait, and, and distraction for like a more robust person, like not good for the nation. And people say like, well, and right now Nick Fuentes is helping Kanye in his like life. And he, Fuentes likes Kanye, thinks Kanye is a genius. Ye, Ye is a genius. And people say like, how can you be both a white supremacist and support Ye? And he's like, what? And this is um, from what I can glean. I think his argument is that Ye is not a threat to America. <laughs> Ye isn't a threat to white people, even if he becomes president. Because, like, in the same way that Zelensky is not a threat to the Ukrainian nationalists who are very much like Ukrainian Orthodox Church, which is suspiciously similar to the Russian Orthodox Church, I'm just saying. Um, but the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, the Azov Battalion, um, those guys, they're not worried about Zelensky being a threat to their national project. And that's the reason why someone like Nick Fuentes can support Ye, because Ye is not a threat to the white supremacist national project. Um, yeah. So that is how, and I'm going to put this interview with Fuentes in the description of this video. I'll do it right now. And, uh, you know, it's, the problem is liberalism is so empty that Fuentes can kind of fill this space with some kind of content. It won't be the most robust content, but it'll still be better than the liberal content because all of this rampant choice without rules and without meaning, like is giving a, a, a is is leading to a kind of uncontrolled non-meaningful existence where everyone's kind of just moving by their feelings and then desires are, are irrational in a way that's completely unbecoming of a great nation and it won't produce like great people <laughs> and you know, I, yeah I mean if you don't believe in the hollowness of liberals like look at the kids raised by liberals <laughs> and then understand that what's good in the kids raised by liberals isn't necessarily their liberalism. Not, and that's a problem. So you get, anyway, thank you for your time. Uh, I hope this has been fruitful. I did this so that when other people learn about Nick Fuentes, they will, um, you know, put him in YouTube and this video will show up. So if you want this video to show up, go ahead and hit that like button. And um, we'll get it going. Thank you for your time. And I will talk to you after I put this video on. I put the, I'll put the long form interview in the description of the video. And if you like what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com. You're not going to find too many um, political thinkers wrestling with Nick Fuentes in the way that you know I just did. But this kid's not going anywhere because he's not dumb. And 
I do have to go somewhere because my kids are about to come home from school.